have a message I'll be sharing only at this service for this message. I'll have kind of an offshoot at the next one. The next 1130 will feel more of event-ish to, you know, just the party. It's a party, right? And when I say the word celebration, what comes to mind? Celebrate. When's the last time you celebrated? We celebrated in a way that you could really say, oh, man, I, I celebrated that. Now, so much of my life, I don't think I've been prone to celebrate because there's been so much pain. And I've seen so much pain. And so even when celebration, that's most of the time celebration, we're escaping or we feel forced to celebrate, you know, because it's the duty and it's someone's birthday and you're stressed out. And so I started doing this thing on uh, Facebook a while ago on January 1st. I say happy birthday to everybody throughout the year, you know. Just happy birthday, one, one blast, because it's hard to keep up with everybody you want to celebrate, you know, and you want to you wanna be authentic in your gift giving, not forced, feel, and then when you get a gift, you don't want to also have to feel like you got to give them back. You guys ever had that Christmas experience where you give $20 and then you get $20 and you just exchange $20? Um, and then, and then you, those moments when you celebrate and you walk in and, and you, you can sense, oh, th- this is a divine moment, that first birthday of a child, the excitement, the energy, and they're smashing that cake. I want to read a passage from Luke 15, verses 8 through 10. This chapter, I believe, is the heart of heaven. So if your heart stops, everything stops. Period. Everything, you know, all of the blood flow pumping through the heart, oxygen, arteries, and that's the end of my illustration there. I'm not great on the anatomy. But when we understand the scriptures, here's Jesus in Luke 15. He's illustrating what it's like to celebrate someone, how God the Father thinks about people that aren't in the family and how he wants to pursue them to get back so they can be adopted and engrafted in. And so as we're even reading from Genesis all the way to Revelation, I believe this is one of the most fundamental passages in all of Scripture to help us understand how this plays out. What kind of soundtrack would be on in the background? What's the heartbeat of heaven? What would be the signs if there is signs? You know, like, we love you, Anthony. (laughs) What would be the signs? What kind of party would God throw for me, you, and the one? I think we can probably, for illustration's sake, get there pretty quick and be like, well, God throws a party. Of course he does. But I pray today that we'll expound and heaven will meet us here so that we have a doctrine of celebration, that we have a theology of celebration. Because if God is the author of all things and he's created all things, then therefore we can look to him for what celebration looks like. Let's read this. Or imagine a woman who has 10 coins and loses one. You'd think she'd just focus on the nine she has. Won't she light a lamp and scour the house, looking in every nook and cranny until she finds it? Maybe this also implies that those 10 coins are everything she owns. So if it's all of her inheritance and all of her life and all of her life's possessions, all she's worked for, all that she's created, then therefore one coin is probably very, very, very important. And when she 
finds it, you can be sure she'll call her friends and neighbors. You imagine you just won the lotto. What? Yo, yo, I won, I won, you know. I remember one time we won I, the bingo scratch-offs in high school. I didn't know four corners you could win. And I, you know, it was like, oh, I lost. And one of my friends was like, yo, you won 250. So we, we divided it, you know, because one he found, you know, I would have thrown it away. So I was like, well, you kind of won it. And I kind of won it. And we all won it together. And we just, you know, I think we spent it probably in like 10 minutes, you know, 250 in high school kids. But, but we, wanted, we wanted to celebrate. We were excited that we had won. If we won the lotto, we'd be so excited. I mean, just going ballistic. Today, there's something that you and me have won. When we're in Jesus, there's a celebration that far exceeds any celebration this planet has ever seen. Ever seen. The celebration of when one person comes into the faith of God. And when she finds it, you can be sure she'll call her friends and neighbors, celebrate with me. Most of the texts say rejoice. The joy. I found my lost coin. And what Luke is showing us is that Jesus is teaching us the words of Jesus himself. That this chapter to record that God the Father wants to celebrate over a person. This is an illustration that is not about a coin, but about someone. The one of what that looks like and feels like. Count on it. That's the kind of party God's angels throw every time one lost soul turns to God. Like party time. Like for real party. Like for real. And I think we got to go there. And so here's where I want get to us, get us at today for a little bit. I want us to go back really young. Maybe you didn't get a th- party thrown for you. Maybe you've been through a lot and we don't want to celebrate anymore because we've seen a lot of pain. Maybe we don't have a doctrine or an understanding that we want to be intentional to celebrate. Because we don't even know who we would celebrate and we sure don't believe that God would want to celebrate us in such a way. And, but God absolutely, if he does this when one person turns to God... Does he stop doing it when he thinks about us? So is God the author of one party or does his party never stop? I would dare venture that his party don't stop. And he wants to not quit partying over his kids. Does he discipline his kids? Yeah. Is there work? Yep. Is there correction? You better believe it. Is there condemnation? Nope. Nope. Any of those that put their faith in Jesus are free. Now today, if you're here today and you're like, my faith isn't in Jesus, well, the end of that game is separation from God. My son asked me yesterday, our oldest son, Jerome, he, he heard someone, uh, we were leaving the store and she said hell. And she goes, oh, I'm sorry, because she's a little kid. And then Jerome asks, well, hell's in the Bible, dad. It's not a swear word, is it? And I said, well, how you use it, son. If we talk about heaven or hell, that's not a swear word. But, you know, H-E double hockey sticks with that person, um, then that would be a swear word context. Oh, okay, I get it, I get it. And 
we've thought of God and we thought of, okay, party, heaven, hell. But most of the time when we're thinking of God, it's we hear about the fear. I, I sure don't want to get in trouble. Man, I hope I please him when he's pleased when we put our faith in Jesus. So we start from victory. Therefore, we're free. And he has enough grace and mercy to handle our mistakes. And, and he can train and teach us and lead us. But we have to first receive him for who he is that he celebrates over us. So the anthem of how this journey begins, it's good for us to go back there. That God celebrated us, and he's still celebrating when we put our faith in Jesus. But if our faith isn't in Jesus, the end is absolutely horrific. There's weeping that never will be stopped. There was gnashing of teeth. I mean, the, the ultimate grinding of teeth. But the craziest thing and what hell is, it's separation from a God who made us. That's truly what it is. So what's the alternative to that? That if we're connected with God through Jesus, Holy Spirit alive, active, that we then are in the party that will last forever. So beautiful. And God saw us that we weren't even worth being celebrated, but yet he would send the gift that we could celebrate through Jesus. That's neat. That's a game changer. Starts to take our parties to a whole nother level. I want to illustrate four points today. Number one is celebration is the response of God. It's a nat- so his re- he's already put all of it out. He's ready. All of the parties set. All the planning's prepared. He sends his son. You imagine the type of, of stored up anticipation for the party? Because when Jesus showed up on the scene... For 400 years, God had not spoke through prophets. You think you've been waiting a long time? Imagine waiting on the promised one for generation to generation to generation to generation to generation. Sure, God's going to show up. He ain't going to show up. There is no party. How crazy when Jesus would step on the scene when the dark ages had been so long. And this is how he talks that. The father wants to reach the lost coin, the lost sheep, and then the longest in that chapter is the lost son. The lost son. God always wants to reach the lost. And I'm concerned for myself first and all of us that we would just get accustomed to people denying Christ and therefore we kind of just move on. Yeah, well, seeing so many people reject him, you know, as long as I shared the word, then I'm, not, I'm good. Yeah, but we don't possess the ability to save people. But man, I pray that we're in tune with still believing all the way till our last breath on this planet. And that takes re- re-upping. Like, you got to re-up sometimes. Re-up for soul winning. Re-up to believe that people can be saved. Re-up to believe that the one is worth everything. Re-up to believe that we want to celebrate someone who doesn't deserve it. That means the person that we've thought is too far gone, God wants to reach, he cares about the lost coin so much. So much. And the natural response of heaven and, and God is just throw a party. And then number two, celebration is possessive. Why does God want to celebrate? You've seen a parent start to celebrate their first-year-old kid 
Like when they turn one, goodness, right? They'll do anything. They'll go in debt for it. I mean, they want to celebrate their kid. It's their kid. It's their kid. We've never looked at one person that isn't God's. Never once. He has a possessive nature. That's mine. That's my heart. I want to use a couple um, examples to expand our heart of what this feels and looks like. There, our kids were entered in a drawing for quality dairy. We've got the picture here. Look at these. Look at these. And they, went, they won the month which is you win four tickets to Cedar Point. And then if you win the grand finale, you win four more. You win a $100 quality diff, uh, dairy gift card. And then you also win $100 uh, to, for spending money at Cedar Point. And so because of your great, amazing sharing and liking, they ended up winning the grand prize, which objectively, I saw some of the other pictures. Objectively, that is the best photo that I, uh, was on there. I mean, that is a great that's a squad, of course. Look at this. Share your photos to win prizes. Ice cream summer. And it's so neat because um, our oldest was debating Pastor Brad in Philly. Maybe you heard this story where he, they're, they're like going toe-to-toe. Well, Philly's better than Lansing. And Jerome's like, Lansing's better than Philly. And he tells Pastor Brad, he goes, we got quality dairy, do you? <laughs> and I overheard it. I said, Jerome, I, that might be a selling point for us, but I don't. They got the Phillies and the Eagles and the Flyers, you know? You know? The Sixers. They got it all. But I love it because he's bloomed where he's planted. Local is global. Because this is the greatest place on earth right now for us. We're here. We're here. This is the party, y'all. Party we're a part of. So they ended up winning, but I thought it was really neat because the second place um, person was David Bordeo's son. And he goes, this is how wonderful our Aiden is. And Aiden, we were telling him that it looked like the other family would win big uh, quality dairy prize. Of course, his response was, well, maybe their family could use it more than us right now, dad. Hearing his response, it just made me even more proud to be his dad. And when I reminded him that he had been to this family's church a few times and showed him who he says, hey, that's the guy that's always helping the city Parentheses, Lansing, I said it sure is. So then he says, Dad, I want all my likes to go to them. All Aiden wanted to do was take the proceeds and help feed the homeless, as we have done this countless times as a family. So when he realized who was winning, he sincerely was excited for this family. Quality dairy, if you're able to make that happen or just claim them winners now, LOL. We as a family are honored and congratulating them. This is what it's all about. Kindness and consideration goes a long way. And then they tag Jerome and City Life Lansing. And I thought, man, that is such a great quality to, to learn from, that that's what it looks like when we're going out to to try to celebrate someone, we're comfortable with being in second place. We want someone to be celebrated. So we move past the point of, all right, well, I'm celebrated. Praise God. I'm, the Lord celebrates me every day. And that's neat. It's hard. You got to understand, this is hard for me. This is not something I'm naturally gifted in. This is a practicum message for sure. Celebration is something I'm learning. It's not my default setting to just be at a party and then not plan. What are we doing? Right? Okay, I'll hang out for a half hour. But all right, what are we, you know, it's like pinky in the brain. Are we going to take over something? Are we going to do something? Are we going to strategize? Like, we're just going to sit here and party? Yeah, I don't even know what to do. What conversation do we have? And, but yet there's a gear of heaven 
that when it moves, it activates a celebration. So today, if I was going to title anything, I would just say this is the station of celebration. When we're tuned into heaven, there's a station of celebration. It's got all the party jams all the time. You know, all of them, all the time, all the time. And the world ain't got nothing on it. So we take a backseat for others to meet Jesus, and we don't get callous to that because we want others to win too, don't we? We want others to win too. And then another thing that I think can help us understand the heart of God, the possessive heart of God, is when a soldier returns home. And when a soldier returns home and surprises the kid, come on, like, right? And there's this video of this dad who comes up where the kid's boxing, and then the dad takes the instructor's place. Check it out. Keep your gloves up, Chef. Keep your hands up. <laughs> Come on, Chef. Come on. So there we go. Daddy? Such a big boy when I was going. I'm so proud of you. Wow. You still don't keep the guard up when you punch. I love you. I'm so proud of you. You were such a big boy when I was gone. You were such a big boy. Thank you. I love you. You want to play hooky tomorrow? <laughs> yeah. Celebration is possessive because it. God cares about those that are his. Um, number three, celebration with others is the invite. When the woman found her coin, first thing she wanted to do was invite others to celebrate with her. And so celebration with others is the invite. So when we party at City Life, it's not just an event. It's a culture that we remember that we're found and that God finds it really is. It's as simple as that. It's pursuing and still believing that souls are what's most important. And how do we do that? You know? If you're wondering, okay, I'm interested, how do I do that? Last week's message, close, get close. And then what happens is we get close, there'll be conversations that will lead to connection that leads to celebration. But celebration cannot happen in the body of Christ without repentance. The ticket, this is the catchy little line, the ticket for entrance is repentance. 
It's the only way we get in. We can't be arrogant and put Jesus on like a badge. He has to permeate us. We have to lose our lives. And as we lose our lives, we find our life. And today, I pray as a re-up for us to love people, a re-up to love the one, a re-up to think of the singing and dancing of heaven, that the station of celebration to tune in. What is repentance? Repentance is simply turning away from our life and turning to God, doing a 180, a complete change. That I was running towards all of my selfish, sinful desires. And now I'm turning to all of God and everything he has for me. The text uses language like bondservant and even that we're slaves of righteousness. We've been bought with a high price. That's very difficult to understand unless we understand that the master, to be a bondservant to him, is a beautiful thing. It's not an abusive relationship. That we're very connected to our master, but we can also intimately, this is, this is it's so unique, it, it, it collides every worldview. It's boss, it's dad, it's friend, leader, teacher, all of it wrapped up is God for us. Father, Son, Holy Spirit leading. And now we can cry Abba, which is the most intimate language. We can have a party thrown, but yes, at the same time, it's, yes, sir, where do you want me to go? Send me. All of the qualities of who God is meets us face to face. And number four, this is where we'll end. God will not be out-celebrated, a.k.a. there is no party like God's, we party the hardest, the hardest. We party the absolute hardest. Our parties are pure. They have good intentions. They're about people. They're not forced. They're from a place of faith. They're also reminding us that this party lasts forever as we do, as we practice things, you know what we're doing? We're, we're carbon copies and, and we're, we're, we're signs and we're pointing to what's really, where it's like this shadow and this dim, like we can see dimly, yet uh, we're working this out and we're seeing more clearly and we're pointing to a forever truth that will one day fully be uh, realized that the kingdom of heaven is gonna come. I'm not sure if it's gonna be Prince's song like, we're gonna, you know, the 1999 party one. How's that go again? What's, what's it? We're going to party like it's 1999? Prince? Anybody? No one knows that? Wow, you've been saved. Well, how's it go? How's it go? That's how it goes, right? I'm not sure. Sh- when Jesus comes back, it's going to be the anthem of anthems. It's going to be so catchy. That song's catchy. Thank you, Chris, for uh, helping the room because no one wanted to admit that they're sinners. <laughs> Either that or they ain't been around or accused as a friend of sinners in a long time. So this message is really good. You know what I mean? Like, they ain't even been close to the one. Didn't even know. That was a big thing. This room's old enough to know, too. Come on. No, I'll take credit. I must have not pitched it well. Um,
No, but for real, though, all jokes aside, we party the hardest. We do. Because Jesus is alive. It is finished. He's coming back. It's a victory party. It's also a very scary reality. But for those that are in Christ, woo, we about to sing, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty who was and is to come. It's forever, forever, forever. We, we went through this uh, passage yesterday during prayer. And it was so neat. We were playing Unstoppable God at the end. And uh, some of the, the women came up on stage and led the way in dancing. <laughs> and they were just dancing to this song. And they were like, come on. I came up. We started dancing. Felt uncomfortable. But, you know, it was a really good exercise to getting out of our comfort zone. Because kids don't care, do they? They don't care. And it's parents in the room, you know this feeling. When you started to see your kid care, oh. That's, that's a day that we just need to pause and grieve. You know, like, oh, you won't do the dance anymore? No, no, not now. Not now, you know, not now. Do the dance, do the dance, do the dance. It's funny, over time, people have asked me to beatbox. Well, I've beatboxed since I was eight years old. So 1988 is when I first did a beatbox. And over time, I people thought I was a pretty good beatboxer. So I have like three beatboxes. And anytime I go someplace, they maybe somebody, hey, beatbox, beatbox, right? And yesterday at the Love the City party in the corner of Jolly and Waverly, they're like, beatbox. And I beatboxed and I did a beatbox. But beatboxers know that I'm not that good. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Most people don't know any beatboxers. I'm the only beatboxer they know. So I am the best they know. And here's the point. When they ask me to beatbox, I don't tell them all that. I just kind of activate and push through the awkwardness because I know that it'll help the environment. Because sometimes we just got to do that, you know, and not be like, oh, not now, not now, not now. How long are we going to say not now? Not now I can't share the Jesus message with my coworker. Not now that I could really believe that that person could come back. Not now. Or could I really start to believe that there's a celebration waiting? The angels are anticipating. They're so excited. Like, oh, when one person puts their faith in Jesus, like, party. They rejoice the joy of heaven. The heartbeat of heaven. That Luke 15 text flowing through us, flowing through us all the time. That is fundamental of how we operate. This week, we got to do so many different projects and uh, meet so many people. Before every rally, we reminded everybody that people aren't projects. They're made in the image of God. They're loved, belong, and have purpose and knocking on doors. And one of my favorite stories was a Friday night where they were out handing out pizzas and they knock on the door, and his family opens the door. He's got a bunch of bread. Uh, the kids are eating, and they're just dipping the bread in syrup. And that's what they're going to eat for the night. But they start to share a story that two minutes before, they just said, hey, Dad, how much money do we got tonight? Can we get pizza? And two minutes later, hey, we're here with Love the City. We just want to love on people, and we got pizza. And that was cool. That's a divine touch point. And as we were out there this whole week, God was doing divine touch points. And why was he doing divine touch points? Because he's trying to move the ball forward so people can then start to make room in their heart so they can hear the good news so that they can experience the greatest celebration that will ever take place. When one person puts their faith in Jesus, they will not be cast off but be in the family forever. So there ain't no party like a Christian party because a Christian party don't stop. 
Maybe you didn't know that. So I want to teach you that today as we close, that there ain't no party like a Christian party because a Christian party don't stop. There ain't no party like a Christian party because a Christian party don't stop. Hit that beat. Let me see if you guys can get this. You got to put your hand up like this, though. Okay, put it up. Put it up. Come on, like this. today, let it be a day that we understand that God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but experience eternal life. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this room. We are so winning. It's about soul winning. We want to be tuned into the station of celebration that you want us to pursue past our comfort zones to get out of our own little boxes. That doctrine needs to be practical. It needs to hit rubber meets the road that your bride is worth all of our attention, all of our affection. God, and that you party and your party never stops. It's pure. Will you reshape that today? When we, some of us, when we think of partying, we think of darkness. We think of uh, crazy moments and keg stands and uh, hanging out light at the club and all this nonsense. Let today there be a, a Holy Spirit encounter, we pray, that will communicate what your party looks like to customize the theme for each one of us. In Jesus' name, we thank you for today. And we thank you that one day you're coming back to rule and reign forever and ever and ever and ever. God, today I pray for all of us that we entered the family of God through repentance, but that repentance isn't a one-time act. You won't lose us. You'll hold us. You'll keep us. But repentance is also ongoing. We need to change our mind often. And today we repent of all type of nonsense that won't last in your party. Clean us and purify us. And lead us and teach us and guide us. Have your way. It's in your powerful name, Jesus, we pray. If you believe it, say amen. Hey, there ain't no party like a Christian party because the Christian party don't stop. And 11.30, we'll begin for the party here for the second service for those that are staying. And if you're not staying, we love you. We'll see you next week, 10 a.m. at 11.30. All ages, all faces, all races, you belong here. We're going to keep loving this city one life at a time. It's not a week, y'all. It's who we are. So we'll see you next week or we'll see you at the party. Have a great Sunday. <laughs>